Every death from coronavirus is tragic. I think I cried for the first time during an interview. But why are people from black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds suffering disproportionately? 44% of the NHS medical workers are black or Asian minority ethnic, which is quite a number considering that in the last census, 14% of the population were BAME. Will coronavirus change the national debate about immigration? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, coronavirus and ethnic minorities. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. I'm Satnam Sangera. I'm an author and a writer with The Times. I've always been very aware that Asians have a long and strong tradition of becoming doctors. Sanjeev Bhaskar, the comedian, tells a story about how when he told his dad he was considering becoming an actor, his dad replied, I think you'll find it's pronounced doctor. And um, <laughs> But it, it took me going back to my school for a 25-year school union to really appreciate how deep it is because around a half of the other black and Asian students in my year had turned out to be medics. Satnam's parents left India and emigrated to the UK in the late 60s. He was born in Wolverhampton and attended the local grammar school, which is where he found himself returning for his school reunion, just before the outbreak of coronavirus. I think it was a state school until 1979. And when I was there, it was an independent school. But most of the people in my year were on assisted places, so they had part or all of their fees paid for by the government. And I did. I couldn't have attended Warhammer Grammar School if I'd had to pay the fees. I've not actually been to a school union before and I was I was quite wary because, you know, you're worried that uh, everyone else is going to look better, that you've lost more hair than everyone else. 
And、um, it was quite surprising. It was much posher than I remember, in that, you know, I'd forgotten that we have a school song in Latin. We toasted the queen between courses, which is not something I've done since I left school. And also, almost everyone in my year since has gone on to do really cool stuff. And a lot of them, a whole number of them, were working in medicine. And we're at a time in society where we're all aware of the importance of the work they do. And it was very hard not to feel frivolous in comparison. Are you regretting your career choices? I really fought the stereotype. I mean, my whole life, I really didn't want to become an engineer or a doctor. But now I kind of find myself, you know, wishing that I had. And、um, I, I find myself telling my nephews and nieces that if they could, they should consider medicine. Really? Why? I don't know what it is. Is it maybe a cultural genetic thing? I don't know. It's,、uh, I guess it's a safe job. It's quite well paid. It's really well respected. So why not? So what happened when coronavirus kicked off? What made you think of that school reunion? I guess、um, it wasn't just the black and Asian、uh, people in my year who'd become doctors. A lot of, the, of my former classmates were doctors. And I guess we were all thinking about what the people in the NHS are going through at the moment. But over the last few weeks, it's slowly become apparent that black and Asian doctors are being more heavily affected by this illness than their contemporaries. The first 10 doctors who died in the UK were all from black and Asian ethnic minority backgrounds. Since then, we've seen a similarly disproportionate pattern spreading across the wider population. So, whilst ethnic minorities only make up 14% of the people who live in this country, official figures show, as a snapshot, they made up more than a third of the coronavirus cases in intensive care. To find out why this might be happening, Satnam spoke to some of the families who have been affected. I spent a few days talking to the bereaved relatives of doctors who died, together with my colleague Georgina Roberts.、It's, it was quite a moving experience. I mean, they're obviously very grief struck and, and, and still trying to come to terms with the death of their mother or father. But also, it's very surreal, I think, for them to have a relative die from COVID because it seems like something that only happens to other people. It's something you see in the news, and then suddenly it's their own family. And also, it's very intense because. It's the biggest story in the world, and suddenly everyone wants to hear. And there's something lovely about that, in that I think the bereaved like paying tribute to the person they've lost, but equally it can get a bit much. A doctor diagnosed with coronavirus has died three weeks after he warned the Prime Minister health workers urgently need more PPE. Abdul Chowdhury, who was 53, has passed away after 15 days in hospital. Boris Johnson's health is continuing to improve. According My to father was such an extraordinary man who accomplished so, so much in his life and helped out so many people. And obviously, the funeral itself was sad, but after the funeral, it felt like we were celebrating my dad's life. Satnam caught up on the phone with 18 year old Intasar Chowdhury, whose father, Dr. Abdul Maboud Chowdhury, died after he contracted the virus. Intasar's father. Was just aged 52, which is a very young age. He was a Bangladeshi. He was a consultant neurologist at Hamilton Hospital in East London, and he moved to the UK in 2001. I was really moved by the way he spoke about his father, the respect he had for his father's charity work and his medical work. It was, he was himself profoundly moved by the fact that his own father had written a letter to Boris Johnson complaining about PPE. And he was very proud 
even in such an ill state, in such a painful state, where he was unable to properly speak with me or my sister, he still he was un, he was unable to speak properly with any of us, his entire family. But he still made sure that he would make a plea to the prime minister on behalf of his co-workers and colleagues, so that they could be properly protected. Indesar didn't know until after his father died that whilst he'd been seriously ill, he'd written to Boris Johnson complaining about the lack of PPE for frontline staff and calling for testing for healthcare workers to be fast-tracked. His last efforts had been devoted to helping others in the NHS, which made 18-year-old Intasar feel incredibly proud. My father, he's done so many amazing things. He's helped so many people with the NHS. But also, you got a sense that he was trying to keep it together for the sake of the, the rest of his family, and also you got a sense of how young he was to suddenly find himself without a father, just when you need it most. Intasar's father, Dr Chowdhury, was amongst the first to raise concerns. He was not directly dealing with COVID-19 patients himself, but he, most of his colleagues were, and he was so terrified for them, so he, he knew he had to do something. Had and Intasar was very proud that his father had taken the lead in this. Is it something that, that has helped the other doctors? I think the only thing that will help the other doctors at the moment is actual PPE. I mean, talking to some of the Asian doctors I went to school with, the amount of PPE available is shockingly low. Did you have any sense, perhaps from your investigations or from talking to your old school friends, why is it that there's such a high incidence of black and minority ethnic background people who, who are dying of coronavirus? I think there's a huge amount of concern in general in black and Asian communities about why the numbers are high, not just for doctors, but for the general population. And I guess no one knows. The government are setting up an inquiry. You could divide the theories or the hypotheses between the cultural and the genetic. So what are the cultural factors that might make ethnic minorities more vulnerable to the virus? So black and Asian people tend to be key workers more, more than the general population. Bus drivers, street cleaners, carers, you know, the people stocking our supermarkets. And so the chances of them being exposed to the virus are much higher. And if you're a doctor, you might actually have those people in your family. And so you're more likely to be exposed to the virus, not just from hospital, but also from your own family. And there's a disproportionately high proportion of them in the NHS too, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, amazingly, 44% of the NHS medical workers are black or Asian minority ethnic, which is quite a number considering that in the last census, 14% of the population were BAME. One of the factors we sort of saw in countries like Italy was that they had an older population, but also more sort of people living together in intergenerational households. Is that a factor with BAME backgrounds? No one knows for sure, but it is thought to be a factor in the sense that, I mean, in black and Asian families famously live in intergenerational households. And so if you have more people in, in a house, there's more likelihood that you'll be exposed to the virus. And also it can get transmitted to vulnerable people more easily. And in terms of... The genetics, what are the scientific factors that might be making people more vulnerable? Well, the two things that we know genetically are factors is firstly, black and Asian people have higher incidence of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Both conditions undermine the immune system, which makes you more likely to suffer from this virus. Also, black and Asian people having darker skin have higher melanin levels which means that, that they don't get damaged by UV rays, but equally they absorb less vitamin D, which is essential in the immune response to 
this virus. Which makes them more vulnerable to catching anything, I suppose. Absolutely. And also, apparently, the, the rates of Asian people taking supplements is quite low. You haven't met my mother. Um, does she pop a pill? <laughs> she does now. Um, what, what are the other reasons? What, what are the other scientific factors that might be working on? I guess culturally, um, black and Asian people might have problems with language in that they might not get the messages about social distancing and washing your hands because they don't speak or read English. And one factor that came up in my interviews and also has been raised by the British Medical Association is racism in that black and Asian doctors are less likely to raise concerns about inadequate PPE or inadequate equipment than their white colleagues. Really? Which makes Dr yeah. Chowdhury's move even more unusual, more commendable. Yes, I was quite surprised by this in that, you know, the numbers of black and Asian and minority ethnic people going into medicine, it's really high. And I always assumed that black and Asian people must do very well in the NHS. But there's a lot of evidence suggesting they don't. Traditionally, apparently, BAME doctors get shunted into so-called Cinderella specialties like geriatric medicine. And there was some research done by the Royal College of Physicians recently showing that white doctors are significantly more likely than black and minority ethnic doctors to be promoted to consultant level. So there's discrimination and prejudice even as they go up the ranks. And that's recognised by the British Medical Association? Yeah, I think the BMA are very good at campaign on racism. BMA at the moment is led by an Asian doctor, and he's been at the forefront of asking for an inquiry into why so many black and Asian people are dying and why so many black and Asian medical staff are dying. Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. family of an NHS consultant who died yesterday after contracting coronavirus has thanked the public for their messages and support. Amjad El-Harani was an ear, nose and throat specialist based in Staffordshire. One of the people we interviewed was a relative of Dr Amjad El-Harani, who was a 55-year-old British Sudanese NHS ear, nose and throat consultant. What's difficult about this is that it's something that will forever 
be in the public domain. Of course, yeah. So My colleague Georgina spoke to Amal, his brother. I cannot control. In three years' time, there might be a programme about the pandemic and mm-hmm. and it may or may not specifically refer to my brother. Yeah. Did he have examples of how he thought his brother had been held back? He felt that his career had been held back by his race and how he wanted to do certain things and, and didn't get to do them purely because of his background. The difficulties that, you know, immigrant mm-hmm. doctors may face, mm-hmm. one way it manifests is that when doctors graduate, unless they have the most elite, you know, academic background... Like he said that, you know, whereas white you know, public school-educated consultants would get sent to places like London or Manchester where the most glamorous medical schools were, he got sent to Wales, in a quite obscure part of Wales, and not dissing Wales, but he didn't feel like it was the centre of, of a medical capital. I know for my, my brother, he, he was sent to, like, Carmarthen. In... He felt that, that that was the general pattern of the experiences he faced in, in medicine. Sheep from my front window and cows from my back window, that's, you know, that's, you live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So he didn't have the options that okay. uh, maybe was available to other doctors. And my dad experienced the same when he came over in the 70s. Mm. Which, you know, he... And what about Intersal, who, who you spoke to? Did he feel that his father had, had experienced any kind of racism? He didn't feel like his father or his mother, who was also a doctor, had experienced racism in their career, but he said they experienced quite a lot of racism in their lives. I guess as a relative, you don't really know what your parents are going through, because I know this from my own own parents. Your parents want to protect you. You know, they don't want to tell you about the terrible things that happened to them. And this is something I I experienced as well when I was writing a book about black and Asian experience in the 1960s and 1970s. That generation of, of immigrants don't like to talk about the struggles they faced because it was so dark... They want to move on. Also, they they want to think about the future. They want to think about a better future for their children who hopefully don't face the same kind of experiences. A friend of mine who's a a junior Sudanese doctor and um, is working in London still gets requests from patients to be treated by someone else because she wears a hijab and they ask for white doctors. there's a chance that coronavirus, by shining a light on how many immigrants there are in the NHS, how, how it's sort of propped up by a community of immigrants and how they're sort of disproportionately suffering in this crisis, do you think it might change people's attitudes at all? I think we're at a very interesting time in terms of immigration in the sense that I feel that we liberals have lost the argument with Brexit. You know, immigration is going to become more strict Matt Hancock only a few months ago was talking about how this is the National Health Service, not the International Health Service. But I sense that things are changing slightly in the middle of this pandemic. Good afternoon. I've today left hospital after a week in which the NHS has saved my life. No question. It's hard to find words to express. My day. They won't mind if I mention in particular two nurses who stood by my bedside for 48 hours when things could have gone either way. They're Jenny from New Zealand, in Vicargill on the South Island to be exact, and Luis from Portugal near Porto. 
Boris Johnson has been praising the immigrants who treated him when he was in hospital. Yes, it was really interesting. Every person he named when he did his big speech about his experiences was an immigrant. And something's very interesting is also happening with Piers Morgan. He's he's not re- renowned as a friend of diversity, but he's suddenly, you know, campaigning on this issue, saying that we should respect what immigrants are doing. It's worth bearing in mind when we talk about immigrants in this country, isn't it? They prop up the health service. You know, these are the immigrants currently saving people's lives. Yes. Uh, coming here and actually enriching our country and doing an amazing job. So thank you to all... Uh, the Filipinos who are here doing all this amazing work and to every other immigrant working in the NHS currently. Um, And I hope at the end of this we have perhaps a different sentiment and a different feeling about what immigration has done for this. I think Piers is a bit of a bellwether on this issue. If he is changing, I think something more generally in the country is changing. I think on a very basic level what's happening is that immigrants who have been faceless until now are now being humanised. We now know who these people are and what they're doing. And we can see that they're not taking advantage of this country. I think change the conversation slightly. Is it important when you see politicians and you know, people like Piers Morgan, who I guess are sort of opinion formers, saying these things out loud? Do you think it might change the, the public perception? I really hope so. I mean, one of the very profound things that we seem to have forgotten in this country is that, you know, I think immigration has helped to make us rich and make us more interesting. And actually, immigration has been essential for the building up of the NHS. From the very beginning, the NHS was suffering from labour shortages. One of the politicians who was canvassing the West Indies for more staff was Enoch Powell, the man who probably then reacted against immigration in 1968 when he made his Rivers of Blood speech. He was actually looking for immigrants from from the West Indies. Yeah, he was canvassing, and um, then he rather changed his mind about immigration. But the the numbers are so astonishingly high. In 1971, 12% of Britain's nurses were Irish nationals, you know. And in 2003, it was, uh, I think, in Rhondda Valley in in Wales, 73% of GPs were South Asian. I think if you're black or Asian, you know this. You know that the NHS is built with the toil of immigrants. But I think as a nation, we've kind of forgotten in the way that we forgot what the, you know, the Windrush immigrants had done for this country too. And immigration has been one of the biggest political issues of recent times. We're still in a situation where all the second generation immigrants in the cabinet still support an immigration system where their own parents would be barred from the country. And their parents are from a generation of people who have built up the NHS. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. And hopefully this is the beginning of the fight back. So although coronavirus, you know, not a political issue at all, it's somehow changing the big political argument. Absolutely. I mean, I would say Brexit, the biggest political issue of our lifetime. Immigration is the greatest theme of our lifetime. But this global pandemic is the biggest thing that has happened to us, the biggest news event. And all these things are clashing. And... I wonder where we'll end up, where we thought we were going to end up at the end of this year. Everyone keeps saying we'll be changed by the pandemic and by lockdown. Do you think that is one of the positives that might come out of this? Oh, it's hard to say. You know, people keep on saying, you know, you know, this pandemic means that we're going to start working at home more. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to be desperate to get, <laughs> get back in the office. People saying we're going to travel less. That's so not going to happen. The first thing I'm going to do is get on a plane to Jamaica or India, you know. Um, so I, I think we shouldn't be premature. But 
there's no going over the fact that immigrants who are faceless are suddenly have a story and are humanized. And it's a powerful thing. What we're talking about is stories and people don't forget stories. Going back to 18-year-old Intasar, who you spoke to, I mean, what did he feel his father's legacy would be? Intasar was very proud about what his father had done with PPE, which sadly still at this moment doesn't feel like it's been resolved in that doctors are still working without it. The integral role he had in my upbringing and my sister's upbringing and the importance of just being a good person, a hero, being compassionate and kind and brave, the importance of being a good person and the importance of making a difference to the world, which my father did so much in his lifetime but continues to do after he has passed away. And I'm so, so proud of my father, Dr. Abdul Mabul Chaudhry. And so I was very proud of his father's legacy with charity work uh, in Bangladesh. And he was really proud of the work his father had done with patients in the UK. So there's lots of legacies there. But I think there might be another legacy, hopefully. And these people who have died, their legacy might be that immigrants are no longer demonised or aren't demonised as much as they have been by politicians and the media over the last 10 or 20 years. And I really hope that my father's passing has highlighted the importance of not only immigrant doctors, nurses and healthcare workers, but of immigrants in general and the value that they have and the contribution they have to our society. Is coronavirus highlighting injustices that have existed in society for for so much longer? This pandemic is highlighting so many big issues. What the NHS is doing and what is happening with black and Asian doctors is highlighting the role that immigration has played, not just in the medical system in this in this country, but the role that immigration has played more generally. We're having to come together and we are actually relying as a country on immigrants to get us through this, which is the first time in my life um, I remember the immigrant story being told in a positive way. And I think it could have a, a profound effect on this country. What's it been like looking at all these cases and did it surprise you? Has it changed your opinion? Um, you know what? It's been incredibly moving. And um, I guess as a journalist, you're quite dispassionate about the stories that you hear. You just need to get the facts and the information. But I found myself feeling really moved. And actually, I think I cried for the first time during an interview. There's something about talking to a child who's lost a father, you know, and the gap between his pride and his trying to keep it together, the sacrifice and the pain and the generations of sacrifice that many immigrant families have gone through. Um, it's hard not to be moved by that. And I don't think it's just because I'm the child of immigrants myself. I think lots of people are being moved by this. And every day, you know, there's various websites that tweet out the deaths of various black and Asian and white medical workers. And people are responding in an incredibly emotional way. And um, we're appreciating the NHS and we're appreciating the human beings in the NHS. And there's no going over the fact the NHS has been built partly by immigrants. And I think we need to tell that story and we need to be proud of it.
to Health Education England, who oversee the process for medical students getting their placements, and they refuted all allegations of discrimination. They said they couldn't comment directly on Dr El Harani's experiences in 1993, as it was long before they existed, but they did say individual recruitment processes undergo regular equality impact analysis to ensure no specific protected group or characteristic is unfairly discriminated against. They also said they work constantly with the General Medical Council, Royal Colleges and other partners to tackle potential discrimination. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Satnam Sangera, with additional reporting from Georgina Roberts at The Times magazine. You can read more of Satnam's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer was Will Rowe, the executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and more. Also, in these uncertain times, you can keep up to date and well-informed on the coronavirus and so much more every day with a digital subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe to find out more. See you tomorrow. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>